0: Welcome to another live YFE chat. Tonight's guest Gabby, she's the host of Super Latina. She is a phenomenal female entrepreneur out of the Dallas, Texas area. She's gonna be telling us a little bit about how she has become a media entrepreneur, uh, a mediapreneur as she's called it. Uh, She's gonna be talking about experiential marketing and all sorts of fun stuff. So make sure that you check in on the chat, introduce yourself, and also tweet using the hashtag YFE chat. Ferdano, thank you for joining us for another YFE Chat Live, the live show that happens every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here on YFELive.com. Tonight's guest, like I was saying, is Gabby. She is the founder of a number of companies, actually, well, two of them that we're going to be talking about, that is rooted in media entrepreneurship. She's going to be talking about marketing, um, how to produce content, and uh, really being a leader within the Hispanic community. So this is going to be a 30-minute show. Again, use the hashtag YFE Chat, and as you can see on the background i'm using tagboard.com this is a a startup out of the seattle area that i'm i've been following for some time now and uh so we're finally using it if you use the hashtag wifey chat i'll try and feature you up on the screen behind me as well as on the live webcast as we talk to gabby so tonight's episode is 117 and it's brought to you by mailchimp MailChimp is the best way to design, send, and share email newsletters. You can get started today for free at MailChimp.com. I love those guys, so huge shout-out to them. Make sure that you uh, sign up for our mailing list at yfee.me forward slash it. That's how you can stay in the loop with everything young female entrepreneurs. And speaking of young female entrepreneurs, I wanted to feature four awesome young female entrepreneurs that I've seen in the YFE chat uh, chat room on our Facebook page and um, I asked for people who would be interested in being featured on tonight's show and I got a few people that said hello yes that sounds great so uh, really fast before we bring Gabby in The first one I wanted to feature, and I'll make sure that I include links below all of this, is um, Alex. She helps writers and entrepreneurs publish and market books, guides, and other awesome content over at CalamusWorks.com. I look through her website, and it looks awesome. And here you can see a picture of Alex. So thanks, Alex, for that. Hopefully, everyone will check it out. Again, I'll include the links below. And then the next one is uh, with Nelly garcia caballero hopefully i pronounced her name right um she owns a bakery and baking school and she was recently featured in entrepreneur magazine she's won a number of awards and she has a very innovative baking business and uh, definitely check her out her url let me see if i can get this right is rochelle.com it's r-o-c-h-e-l-i.com it's very cool and then rama she is Phenomenal. She is my uh, zero waste buddy. She's with Creations Landscape Designs and she increases people's property values. If you go to creationslandscapedesigns.com, you can find out more about her. Um, but yeah, I watched her videos and they're really phenomenal. And then the last one I wanted to feature is Caitlin Heller. She's Find My Horse Job and she connects young equestrians with jobs, which I thought was so cool. It's at findmyhorsejob.com. And um, so hopefully you guys will take a minute to to just check out these other awesome young female entrepreneurs so without further ado let me tell you a little bit about gabby she's an entrepreneur media personality and celebrity blogger and uh let's go ahead and just bring her on and she can tell you more about herself gabby thank you so much for joining us this
1: evening hello jen hello my girls entrepreneur girls i love this Energy, this girl power. Look, even my TV set is, is pink because I believe in pink power.
0: <laughs> I like it. So, Gabby, you're the host of Super Latina. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the show before we get into your media company?
1: Sure. The show Super Latina started seven years ago um, when I was working as a news anchor in Univision uh, in Texas in a small market in Texas called Midland Odessa and what happened to me was that i was at the, one of those moments in life when you have just a little moment to breathe and reboot and think what do i want for myself at the time i was working as a new anchor, as i mentioned But I was not feeling very happy, you know, I felt like I wanted to have more creative control, editorial control of the type of stories that I did. And at the same time, something else that was happening to me was that I'm originally from Argentina and I had spent a lot of time um, doing my uh, green card. So I came to America with a work visa, but that work visa was only valid as long as I was working for my employer and I didn't have really the possibility of starting my own business. The moment where my uh, green card came, you know, was approved, I, that was the moment where I said, I said to myself, well, this is a chance I have to think about what I want. And some people say that quitting your job, especially a job as a news anchor, that everybody wants and it's hard to get uh, to start your own business is crazy or very risky. But I thought, you know, I have already um, done what what was the most risky for me, coming to America on my own uh, with no money, no connections. So I said, this is not a business big risk in my mind uh so i said okay i think i i saw in the american market so many women that i admired that you know they have their own shows but they also produced it they also have their own studio they own the copyright to their shows at the time tyra was on the air Oprah had the oprah winfrey show and i said why not you know why not try start to produce uh my own content and so I teach the idea to a um, general manager from that uh, from that market. Uh, you know, Jen. Sometimes not knowing how things have to be properly done can be a blessing because I had my business uh, plan, but I didn't have equipment. I didn't have anything to start. So I just did a PowerPoint. I went. To the general manager with the concept, the idea, showing him the passion. And he was crazier than I was because (laughs) with that PowerPoint, I didn't have a pilot, anything. And with that uh, PowerPoint, he believed in uh, our vision and he said, yes, you know, uh, we can do the show here. Uh, So what we did, because I didn't have, you know, uh, equipment at the time. I didn't have um, people at the time. So we did a co-production. And he would um allow me to use one cameraman and one director for one hour and a half and I was responsible for all the pre producing for the taping. I borrowed money uh from a from the bank which was very tricky because I didn't have a credit history in the United States. Oh my gosh. So um so I had to go to four different banks and finally a credit union uh, loaned me the twenty thousand dollars that started my my company initially and so uh, i i bought a camera i bought the microphones uh the uh, computer and the editing equipment and so i started with the basics the um, tv station will allow me to use two of their uh, people in the staff for an hour and a half during the taping and i would provide part of the equipment and then i would be responsible for delivering a show half hour show every week and that's how it started and the reason why jen i say that sometimes not knowing how things are properly made can be a blessing i'm not saying don't be prepared but uh don't be don't freeze if you don't have everything it's it's because if i have known how these things have to be done with a pilot, with a publicist, with a producer, and so many other things. I would just not have done it. So not knowing sometimes can be a blessing.
0: All right. So let's talk about the actual, this company, because you've talked about We a couple times here, and it's a full-on, I mean... This is pretty intense stuff. Like you said, you started with twenty thousand dollars, and now you're. And congratulations, by the way, you're nationally syndicated with Super Thank Latina. You. That's huge. I just, I don't even like my mind can't even comprehend how to even start doing something like that. So, tell us a little bit about the media company that you created around Super Latina. Did that? Did the show come first, then, and then? And how do you mm-hmm. pronounce it? Is it Aganar Media?
1: Aganar. Aganar Media. Yes.
0: Which one came first, first of all?
1: The TV show came first. So what happened is we started producing the TV show, and uh, we started syndicating it. So we were. And what does uh, it mean
0: to syndicate something, by the way?
1: Okay, syndicate means you start to get involved with the distribution of your content. So we started in this market, which was Milan, Odessa but the content of my show was not local. So we started thinking, okay, if people from this market can enjoy it. Why not in the city that is right next here? Why not in this other city? So we started having meeting with other uh, TV stations, with the general managers from other TV stations. The uh, second city that picked up the show was Lavoc, Texas. Now, this same uh, TV station uh, the same group owned uh, the signal for uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico for that thing, it was a Telemundo uh, station. So the same company owned for Lavox. So they took us to uh, New Mexico too. And so we started slowly adding more cities and it came a moment when we said, okay, we really have to move because In the market where we are, which was Midland Odessa, we're not going to have so much access to celebrities, talent. We're going to have to be traveling a lot. So it's going to make our lives easier if we start pitching the show to bigger cities. So we started pitching the show, and also because it was an independent production, we needed to figure out how to do it on a budget. And we knew that New York or L.A. would be cities that would push our costs up. And we didn't want to do that, so we started pitching the show to TV stations in Dallas, and the first one that said yes was Telemundo Telemundo in Dallas in the year two thousand and nine. Then we moved to TV Azteca. we moved to another station, and so eventually we started having more uh, more cities. Uh, we started uh, when you are in the same business. For some time, this, um, we have been doing the show for seven years now, you start developing these connections. You know, the publicists know that your show is there. The movie studios know that your show is there. So your content keeps getting better and you start building those relationships and partnerships that are going to take you to the next level. So along the way in those seven years, we were nominated for the Emmy Awards six times and we started to create some buzz around our show and also some some other thing that happened Jen that was really good was that even though we had a limited distribution on television uh online we did really well uh we have two uh, youtube channels one is gabi natale the other one is super latina tv and those two channels have a combined viewership of 25 million total views in YouTube. So digital was giving us a push to convince people that we were ready for more. This content was enjoyed by people. And a few months ago, Beme, which is a national network, is the sister station to PBS. So it's public television, approached us, uh, and we started talking about this idea of making the show national. And so, yes, we are debuting for 43 markets across the nation, including Puerto Rico, July 5th. Uh, So next week, it's going to be my first 4th of July as an American citizen. And also comes with a bonus of celebrating my uh, national show.
0: Wow. Congratulations. I mean... Again, <laughs> I don't even know how to go from the beginning into where you've gone to the national. And I think that's interesting that someone approached you about that. Because in, in looking at some of your early press releases, it sounds like going national was always a, a big intention of yours. And just like you said, it's something that you realized you needed to do from the beginning. Yet it was someone that came to you and not necessarily you going to pitch someone else. Is that true?
1: Yes, I think it's, it's a natural thing that, you know, if you have it in your mind, and you start meeting people, and you start sharing that desire, you know, that you're ready, that, you know, you're willing, so those are ideas that are tossed in the air, and are, are starting to be considered. Uh, and in the end, you know, it made sense for both of us to partner with Forbeme and Super Latina.
0: Well, Gabby, you're, you're mentioning a couple of things that have been consistent through our YFE chats. And the first one is the idea of being naive is, is beneficial. And then mm-hmm. also having, knowing what you want and then talking about it rather than being worried about what other people will say or maybe they'll steal your idea. Sharing it freely is something that has benefited you and not, I mean, not just you. It's a common thing within entrepreneurs. And I feel like sometimes we just, get you scared behind it but so let's talk about Agamara Aganar Media, uh, which you've co-founded with your husband, which I learned mm-hmm. right before the show. I love that. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into that. Then, because you were producing content, and then uh, did brands approach you and ask you to to create content with them? Because you've you basically said like you um, you fostered a huge digital audience with your YouTube channels. You have a big following. You're a celebrity blogger. Uh, how did that go about so that you're working with, um, you're creating these experiential marketing projects and, and creating content for these brands like Macy's, Procter and Gamble? So tell us more.
1: Well, Jen, to be honest, it all started by chance because see, we, we never have... like
0: to hear that, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but okay, but it's true. What happened was, we had clients that were our sponsors in the TV show. So they were sponsors in our television show and they started coming to us saying, you know what, we really like when you integrate our product or when you create an idea around, you know, something that we are doing. So what if we created something or we have a product launch, you know, and we wanted to hire you guys to come up with ideas, come up with videos, come up with concepts, because whenever we sponsor your show, we like what you're doing on camera and how, you know, these ideas are flowing for the Hispanic community. So uh, in the beginning, it was one of our clients, which was a wireless company that said, you know what, I want you to create a top five chart, a top five ranking under the uh, idea of no commitment, no contract, because it was a, a no contract type of uh, wireless company. Um, and so we said, yes, you know, that was kind of closer to what we did on television. So we said, yes, you know, let's give it a humorous touch. Let's give it a, you know, like a celebrity count, uh, countdown of the most commitment folks, you know, men in the Latino world. So we started doing that, which was closer to a TV show. It was just branded content. Then clients started to, you know, take the next step and they said, you know what? What if we could um, take this experience and these ideas to an event, you know, and we could create a concept or create an idea and share it also in social media. So these videos or these ideas that you have, you know, could be used to interact face-to-face with potential consumers, but at the same time, multiply those impressions by doing it uh, socially shareable, for example. So, you know, we said yes, and it was really trying to be open to our clients' needs in the beginning, because uh, it was not something that we have been doing in the past. Uh, But I think that you have to take advantage of your background. Our background is we are storytellers. And there's many ways to tell a story. You can tell it on a TV um, piece. You can tell it on a face-to-face interaction. You can tell it in a postcard, you know, that you're sharing online. Uh, so we, we took that uh, background as storytellers to create this content for our brands. And really, Jen, also what happened is that the market is changing. Brands need content. They all have their social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, you name it, uh, YouTube channels, and they cannot just include promotional messages because people tune out. So you have to start thinking about how am I going to do these platforms more engaging, more enjoyable for our customers and at the same time, give them an excuse or a reason to come back to visit my Facebook or my Twitter, Instagram, or you name it.
0: So, Gabby, what? Okay, there's a couple of things that it's really interesting with that. So, um, one of my favorite YouTubers, beside yourself now, um, is Casey Neistat. He create he does pretty much the same thing you do, where he's creating content around the brand where at the very beginning of the show I always give a message about MailChimp and that's the relationship that we mm-hmm. created with the sponsor message but where where I feel like sponsorship and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not kind of like what you've been saying I feel like sponsorship and creating content and monetizing content is in the form of, of what Casey and yourself are doing you're creating content for the brand you're not mes- saying a sponsorship message it's all it feels natural. It feels like something, like you said, a story around whatever that product is. And I feel like a lot of us that are getting into blogging or video um, blogging are still stuck in the sponsor- sponsorship message. So what advice would you give to other um mediapreneurs and I use the word mediapreneur like you only are creating that blog but I feel like um, I should say Gary Vaynerchuk says that we're all mediapreneurs now every mm-hmm. company has to be a media company so what advice would you give them on monetizing that content and working with sponsors
1: well in the case specifically of uh, branded content first I think that It has to be, let's say if you have your platform for the bloggers that are watching or for people who are creating content, um, I don't know, in YouTube or they have a television show. uh, First, I think that if you're going to do uh, an integration or or if somehow you're gonna represent a brand, you're gonna be a brand ambassador, it has to be a brand that you care, that you like, that is somehow meaningful for you, that you respect because uh, people know, by now, you know, people know you. People will know if you are endorsing, you know, if you're a dog person and you're endorsing a cat product, I'm just making an example. Uh, But people notice when something is fake. So it has to be something that you feel, uh, you know, enthusiastic about uh, and that it's its own brand, for example, uh, we did one last October with L'Oréal Paris, and I love their products. So that was not hard for me to do it. We did it during the Latin Grammys, and I love music, and I love interviewing celebrities. is part of what I do. So to be their official red, uh, it was a green carpet, not red carpet, but official green carpet correspondent. During the Latin Grammys for L'Oreal Paris talking about, you know, not only who wore what, but what are the trends? What are the things that you're going to see? Uh, you know, the music, the music, um, the music um, numbers that were coming up, that type of thing felt very organic and uh, of course we did a piece of how i was getting ready in the suite you know using the products and with the beauty squad of l'oreal paris but it was something that really was organically integrated in a story that you would see in super latina it was it was not something that you know people would say you know this story ran because they paid only. So, no, Gabby, that, I...
0: makes, that makes total sense to do the organic uh, route and to make it feel authentic. Did you ever, at the very beginning, before you were getting paid to do these types of things, did you create content as if you were going to eventually be paid for them? So, like, um, uh, creating stuff, like sharing, saying, I really love this product, or um, were you putting that out there before someone was paying you to create content?
1: Well, when I love a brand, if they don't, if they're not paying me, sometimes I share it anyway. Or, or a TV show, if I see something that I really like, uh I I share it anyways. Um, some things that you know, I, I if if it's something that is going to be consistently present, uh, or they want to be consistently present in the in the show, or if they want something more formal uh, as a, an opportunity as brand ambassador, you know, of course. That's going to be part of a sponsorship package, but don't don't assume that every time uh, you know you see something that I like, it's because they they are paying. Because sometimes I love to discover new things, you know, and and I think sharing those new things with with uh, with fans, followers, and friends, you know, keeps it fresh too.
0: So, as far as what about working with brands? If you were to go, say, I love. Um uh, I can't think of a product right now, but I love L'Oreal, and I want to work with them and uh, and I go to them and I pitch them a, a something. what's What advice would you give to another blogger or another video blogger about pitching a brand um, a concept?
1: First, I would say, when you go to the brand, they have, let's say you talk to an agency, because sometimes you don't work directly with the brand, you, you work with the agency that is doing the public relations for the brand, for example, everybody has a boss, they have to be accountable for. Uh, so when you're talking to the client or the agency, explain to them, not only you know, how your idea is going to be, or the concept that you have in mind, but how is this going to create impressions for them? How is this going to be a good business for them? Because regardless of who you're talking to, even if it is the marketing director from a brand or the um, public relations person that has the brand as a client, they all have to justify uh, and it has to make sense um, in terms of numbers. So I think a, a good advice would be you know how is this going to work out put yourself in their position and think how is this money going to be well invested how can they justify it uh, and so maybe you have a smaller platform but you are going to create some content that could be very shareable maybe you have a platform that is small but it's a niche that they want so Maybe it's not the, the quantity of people that you have, but it's the quality of people that you have. You have maybe just the people they are going after. So I would say first, you know, tell them why this is going to make sense and then make it your own and think about how you can offer them an experience and also to your audience an experience that somebody else cannot offer so that they are not receiving the same pitch over and over and over.
0: So you mentioned experience. What is experiential marketing? Because I've talked to a number of people that offer experiential marketing, and I think it's a really exciting route to go in if you're a marketer. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like everyone has a different definition of what that is.
1: I think it's when you, when you are face-to-face you know, uh, with your potential client, and they can somehow interact with your product, your concept, or your idea. So they are given the chance to test firsthand that service or that product that you are offering. Um, And of course, as you say, many people have different definitions. And I'm not a very big fan of definitions because when you define something, you exclude the rest. And now what we're seeing in media is that everything is getting combined, you know, uh, the television with the social media, the social media with the um, grassroots events. So it's more of a 360 approach more and more. But basically, if I would say, you know, how I would define it roughly, it's like this opportunity that somebody has to interact directly with your product or service.
0: Well, and I think it's interesting that you add that second dimension onto it because the what, the founders that I've spoken to do those in-person uh, get-togethers, yet it doesn't really translate into a digital experience as well because I think there's two folds within the experience experiential marketing there's the I'm there trying it out kind of a thing and then there's the secondary where we see commercials sometimes now where they we witness people experiencing Mm -hmm. it for the first time and I think that's an exciting um, area to go into too Uh, but so as far as working with brands is there any other advice you'd give to these media entrepreneurs because I know this is a big deal there's a lot of bloggers that are getting in, sharing their lifestyles and they're accumulating a huge audience if you have Mm -hmm. these eyeballs brands are going to want to get involved with it
1: I think, for for example, once you have one brand, let's say that you work with one brand of beauty, uh, I think that a good idea is go to other brands from the same industry, because they are looking what each other is doing. So let's say you work with a food brand, go to another food brand. Um, Sometimes, it's harder for, for brands or for agencies to take that first step of giving you your first assignment. But when they see somebody else has trusted you, somebody else has hired you before, that is something that is very reassuring for them. Sometimes I talk to them and they tell me that they have bad experiences, that they have, um, bad experiences working with people who don't meet the deadlines or that, you know, somehow, you know, things haven't worked out. So, you know, I always think that if you're working to exceed the expectations, let's say that the deadline is Friday, you finish Wednesday, that that little thing, that small thing, believe it or not, it's going to mark a huge difference between you and the rest of the people who are offering similar services.
0: So don't forget that you're also providing your client with the experience. You're not just worried about the experiences Mm -hmm. of others. I think that's a great tip. Now, as far as... um, Uh, going into the bigger pieces of of advice for entrepreneurs because you're a big influencer uh, and that's like an actual title that you've been given you're a big influencer in Dallas and um well before I go into that I want to mention the Hispanic community so last year one of the reasons why I thought you would be a really interesting topic here is because last year I watched The View it's a guilty pleasure of mine I don't know Gabby I love it okay so I don't feel so embarrassed uh, yeah. but I love the view and last year they talked about the movie um, instructions not included is that mm-hmm. what it's called? and this is yes. a big surprise in the box office and I remembered this and it, it's uh, basically businesses all of a sudden said oh my gosh the Hispanic community we want to go after them uh, and so you've been a big influencer within Dallas and especially within the Hispanic community uh, what advice would you give to marketers who are going after this community what are people missing as far as as reaching these people
1: Well, the example you bring up is is excellent, Jen, because um, that movie, Instructions Not Including, uh, was a big eye-opener for Hollywood. I interviewed Eugenio Derbez, which is the director and the actor, and it took him 12 years of his life to do that movie. 12 years? Oh, my god! 12 years. It took him 12 years of his life to do that movie, And imagine, you know, sometimes, of course, he felt like this was never going to happen. And he did the script, he directed, he was the actor, he was behind the scenes also editing. So um, he's a very well known comedian in the Hispanic community, but for the mainstream, he's a total stranger. So that's why it was a big surprise when this movie was a small movie that was beating big production um films. Uh, and and I think it was an eye-opener. Right after that movie, uh, I interviewed him, and right after that, uh, I was a panelist in the first-ever Latino Digital Video Summit that Disney organized last year. Wow. And uh, I was there, and one of the panelists was Wilmer Valderrama. And he has his production company, too, and he was saying, what a game changer it was in the industry. The fact that instructions not included was such a big hit because he has his own company and it's very hard, you know, to pitch these stories. And I think that the key, you know, um, on this topic is that instruction not included was yes, it was a movie that you know it it happened in a Latino setting, and if you see it, you know, most actors were Latino. Latinos, but the story is universal; it was a message of love, so I think because it was something anybody could relate, it was such a big hit
0: well and it 's unfortunate for the director. it took him twelve years, whereas now it 's going to take mm. others a much shorter amount of time. But how incredible to be that that um glass ceiling breaker and be in that position and so i mean with that going on uh going on that you were uh what did you do with target because you have a number of pictures that are with target at what point was that this year that you did that or was that in 2013 at what point did target take note of you and say i need gabby to be in front of of our brand
1: i think target uh the pictures that you've seen am i with emilio stefan Mm mm-hmm I have yeah, there's some pictures with Emilio Stefan. That was a press activity that Target hosted and invited me. Uh it was with Emilio Estefan and they were launching uh, a new product of headphones. And uh, the headphones were inspired by Emilio Stefan and also they were launching a new C D uh for the Billboard. Uh for the Billboard. Well
0: the reason so I I- think that I brought it up is because Target's doing some really interesting things with media. And if we're talking about brand opportunities, I just think they're an incredible leader as far as uh, there. I know that Jenny Hogan, who's out of the Seattle area, she hosted a live webcast that was they were opening something or doing uh, some type of an event and they broadcasted it and they needed a host and she had an audience that they needed to tap into. So I just think that the opportunities out there are very I mean, there's a lot of wide variety and you have to get creative with how you pitch brands and how you approach them too. Um, but going back into the question I was about to ask you, Gabby. So you're a big influencer in Dallas. You have a television studio. <laughs> uh, you have you're the host of of your own show. Uh, what advice would you give to? I mean, this is broad advice too. What advice would you give to a young female who's interested in entrepreneurship or interested in in inspiring a, a community?
1: I think that sometimes we as women get this message so much that we're not enough we're not smart enough we're not pretty enough we're not perfect enough uh, and it really is something that we have to fight against it um, sometimes it affects us and it affects us uh in different levels one of those levels is business-wise you know i think sometimes it's perceived negatively if you say that you are ambitious if you say that you know you're dreaming big and that you uh want to have this confidence that you're going to achieve it so i think we should be um we shouldn't be so apologetic about our dreams our desires what we want uh there's always this um kind of silent confrontation that if you are successful in your career, you're going to be a bad mother. If you're a stay-at-home mother, you have a war with a working mother. So there's always this silent thing and tension going on where you are somehow judged. I think that if you really want something, forget about what other people are thinking, what other people are saying, just go with your instinct and know inside you that you are worth of receiving that and that you have everything in yourself to achieve it. It might take longer or shorter. You might have to learn new skills. You might have to sleep less hours. But it's within you that capability to reach that dream if it's really meaningful for you.
0: I love that message. And I have to say it reminded me of Barbie. Um, I don't know if you've seen her campaign. It's unapologetic. Hashtag unapologetic. She's Entrepreneur Barbie. You'll have to check it out. Okay. (laughs) But I love that message. I think it's fantastic. And Gabby, thank you so much for joining us today. I feel like... And I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean this in a very good way. I feel like you are the entrepreneur Barbie. Like if I were to purchase something, you're the embodiment of everything. You're beautiful. You have an academic background. And you are. You're unapologetic. You started from nothing, really. And you were able to build up this television studio and really work with brands of your dreams and inspire an entire community. So, Gabby, thank you so much for being on with us.
1: No, thanks to you, Jen, un beso, like we say in Spanish, and I think it is so amazing that you are doing this for other female entrepreneurs. It's very much needed, so I'm very proud. Of what you're doing, and thank you for this space. And what you say about the Barbie entrepreneur, I always joke with my studio that maybe they didn't buy me the the Barbie house when I was growing up, so I built it for myself. It's all it's a joke I always do here in the studio. That's not a joke.
0: That's (laughs) an awesome awesome quote. Hopefully, someone will tweet that, Gabby. Where can people find out more about it? Because your premiere, your national premiere, is July fifth, right?
1: Yes. Uh, they can find, well, the TV station, the TV network that is carrying the show is Beme. Uh You can go to their website, is BME, which is www.bmetv.com. Now, you can check our website, superlatina.tv, and follow me on Twitter, at show.
0: Awesome. Again, Gabby, thank you so much for joining us
1: tonight. Thank you so much.
0: All right, everyone. So you've just been watching Gabby. She is the founder of uh, Agnar Media and the host of Super Latina Show. Hopefully you guys will check it out because I I got to look through a few of her videos. And she's so – I love the energy of it. I love all the pink, too. She said uh, she's all about the pink power, and her show is definitely – um, all Gabby pink power. So again, uh, thank you so much for watching Wife Chat Live. It's a live show that happens every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for young female entrepreneurs. We're on YouTube at YF Entrepreneur and you can search for us on iTunes in both audio and video format. Sign up for our mailing list at YF.me forward slash mail. And thank you all for showing up live and hope to see you back here next Thursday. We're actually still in Texas next Thursday. We're featuring someone with a, a cupcake mobile bar. She's doing, she's got a nice twist on catering events. So again, thank you so much. Have a fantastic week.